Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the... Uh. Tony told me stop doing it. So. <laughs> Welcome no. to Send me the like Weekend a text Report. message. Told me don't do it this weekend. <laughs> I'm kind of apprehensive. Well, it's about Carl's it. favorite thing, so I do. that's I what it. we do. That's all right. I kind of, I don't know. I'm getting, I, I, I like it. I don't like it. I'm getting used to it. It's okay. Uh, welcome to the Weekend Report. <laughs> You're listening you to like uh, 97.1 FM Talk. I'm Tony Colombo. That's my partner, Chris Arps, and our producer, Carl Middleman, Hello. in studio. We have got a great show for you today. Packed show. For you today, uh, in the second hour, we're going to have our buddy Skip Weber here. We're going to play another edition of the Weird News Challenge. We got one more traditional Weird News Challenge uh, happening today, and then next week is going to be the Skip Weber hosted Christmas oh, yeah, edition, where he'll be hosting and I'll be playing. So I can't wait for that. But uh, we've got one more regular edition of the uh, Weird News Challenge that we're going to play today. Also, in the second hour, we're going to be talking to Austin Peterson. Uh, you remember Austin. He ran for Senate here in 2018 against Josh Hawley in the uh, Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also uh, was the runner-up to the Libertarian presidential nomination in 2016. Uh, so we'll talk to Austin at the beginning of the 6 o'clock hour. And coming up in the next segment... We're going to talk to Kimberly Strassel, Kim Strassel from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, she is a, uh, I don't know if she's officially a Fox News contributor, but she's on Fox News constantly. Well, well you know, they're owned by the same company, so I think she kind of does double gotcha. duty. So, you, you, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So, so uh, it might be part of her duties to show up and not get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you see Kim on uh, Fox News all the time. You can read her stuff in the Wall Street Journal, and she has a brand new book out called Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters are breaking America. So we're going to talk to, to Kim. To yeah, she's uh she's been on the show before. You you I missed, missed her. her. Yeah. Yeah. You were out that week when uh when we talked to Kim um a month I think ago. You scheduled it like that. So. Yeah, that's right. No, I think we'll it was uh, also when Ms. you're gone. Kruda got yeah. Her. Oh, okay. Yeah, Virginia had a had a, a hand in that. She uh has uh, written an article about about Kim and her book and okay. and helped us with that. So, yeah, so big thanks to her and uh looking forward to once again talking to Kimberly Strassel, getting her thoughts on uh everything that is happening in this crazy world. We went through another week of impeachment hearings and now uh official articles of impeachment have been filed by the house judiciary committee uh what are your thoughts my friend well uh it's a sad day in america tony uh this is the third president in our 200 and something history that's been impeached this is the first president that has been impeached on charges that half the country think are flimsy and are just partisan uh, I think the Democrats obstruction of Congress. Yeah, it, I, 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 I think, had never even heard of that. Oh, I think that is a charge, but I think the Democrats 
have signed uh, their political death warrant with this action. There are 31 uh, House districts that uh, Trump won that uh, Democratic freshmen took over in 2018. I think those seats are going to be very vulnerable uh, when you put those people on record for voting to impeach the president. Um, This is terrible, terrible political strategy. Um, Do you think that there is going to be partisan – do you think that – there are going to be any Democrats that vote no when they go to the full vote of the House, like there was in even in even opening this hearing. There was a vote and obviously they moved forward. But a handful of Democrats voted no. Yeah. If that happens again, then literally the only bipartisanship that will exist is a bipartisanship yeah. to not impeach uh, do you think that's good, what's going to happen? I mean, you had two Democrats that uh, did not vote with their caucus and voted not to impeach. But as I said before, you've got 31 vulnerable freshman House Democrats up for uh, up for reelection. Um, there are reports that six of them uh, could vote not to impeach. You could have even more. Um, I think we're going to have more than the two that voted to bring the articles of impeachment uh, the first procedural vote i think you're probably going to have five or six um and that's per uh, rodney davis who was on uh annie fry show on thursday he said that on the house floor yeah how damaging is that to just the whole i mean how do they not see the democrats um how how partisan they look how hypocritical they look i mean being a hypocrite has never stopped any politician right. from doing anything because we see that constantly. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi very famously said just a, a month ago that we, will, we won't move forward unless we have bipartisan support. Yeah. And she continues to move forward. She does not have bipartisan support. And, in fact, as we just illustrated— the only bipartisanship is to not move yeah. forward. Can't they see that they are hurting themselves more than they are? They, maybe they're inflicting some yeah. damage on this president, but don't you think the Democrats are hurting their own party much more? I think Nancy Pelosi sees it. I think <clears throat> the six uh, House freshman Democrats that are reported to maybe not vote for this impeachment, see it. I think the African-American congresswoman from a very blue district in Michigan who said a couple of weeks ago that uh, maybe the House should consider censure instead of impeachment, I think that shows. I think what it ultimately shows, Tony, is the party is ran by the AOC branch, the progressive wing. Uh, If you remember at the beginning of this Congress, um, there were many of those part of that wing that said they weren't going to vote for Nancy Pelosi for speaker. So she is the speaker. She always we always hear about how powerful she is. But I think behind the scenes, her grip on power is very tenuous. And that's why she went full bore ahead with this impeachment thing when she knew politically this was uh, not a winner. The IG report was released this week. And I mean, it got news, but, it yeah. you know, but it got uh, it, it did get overshadowed by yeah. impeachment hearings in the IG report. Uh, flagged, quote, significant concerns with certain aspects of the investigation into the president uh, and reported uh, 17, at least 17 significant inaccuracies and omissions. 
in the page application, the FISA application, and uh, the investigation said it was very sharply, the IG report was very sharply critical of the FBI's handling of the whole case. Yeah. Uh, how much impact, in your mind, does the IG report have on everything? Here's what stood out to me when it came to the IG report, when they talked about the 17 things that he found troubling. Um, Tony, if the local police department, God forbid, uh, got a warrant to search your house or my house or Carl's house, and later come to find out that there were issues with the warrant, that they were fudging it or fudging evidence, what would probably happen to thrown that out. case against you? It would you? be thrown out. Exactly. So you, the Democrats try to make the case that even though it there were— It would have to be yeah, thrown out. So the, the, the Democrats make the case that even though you know there were some bumbling and some errors, there was still enough evidence to go through with this investigation because they felt the president was a Manchurian candidate. To me, because there were problems with the warrant and it was gotten fraudulently— the whole thing is meaningless to me. It should be should be thrown out. Uh, we're going to get to Kim Strassel here in just a minute, and we have a lot more stories that I want to dive into as we go through this hour. Uh, but before we take this first break, can you tell folks about uh, your article yeah, on RedState.com? I'm, I'm very excited, Tony. I'm this very is my well. uh, first week as a RedState.com contributor. I'll be contributing an uh, article every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, I actually did three articles this week. Uh, my last article that came out on Friday uh, was talking about how the Hillary Clinton investigation and this IG report uh, basically was an exoneration of President Trump where they were trying to protect his legacy. Uh, you remember the Hillary Clinton uh, investigation. We later found out that the president knew she had an email server because he was emailing with her and he told us that he didn't know she had an email server until uh, until he read it in the news reports. Right. And then when you have this uh, IG report, um, you cannot tell me that the president of the United States did not know that the Donald Trump's administration was or uh, campaign was being um, was being investigated. And I think they want to squash this IG report, said there was no bias so that it doesn't go up higher to the food chain to say who actually authorized these investigations mm -hmm. to protect Barack Obama's legacy. And uh, we'll talk about this with Kimberly. But I think the John Durham investigation. Uh, the criminal investigation into how these FISA warrants uh, were obtained is going to uh, bring a lot of interesting things to light. How can people read uh, the article, and how often are you going to be putting articles up uh, Twice a week, Tony, on nice. Tuesday and Friday, and they can go to redstate.com. Really excited. A lot of— uh, Including good, next week on uh, Christmas Eve? On Christmas Eve. I, You know, I did three this week. I felt really, uh, really good. Hardest working man in media. I'm a lucky right man there. to be able to do a studio, be in the studio with you guys, write for Red State. And talk to Kimberly Strassel. And talk to Kimberly Strassel. Yes, we're going to be Facebook you, friends with. Huh? How much are they paying you, Chris? Oh, a whole lot. <laughs> All right. They quit. Rolling in it. Look at that. New Not as much as I make on. here, though. So we are going to <laughs> take laughing. <Everybody> <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a funny one. Hey, man, like that's that. radio, baby. There's not a whole lot of money. No, there is not. <laughs> uh, we'll break a little early here and uh, give a little bit of extra time to Kimberly Strassel, and we will get back into more of the issues of the day uh, a little bit later on in the hour. We've got two packed hours of the Weekend <laughs> Report You're coming your way today. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to 97.1 FM Talk. 
to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with my partner Chris Arps and producer Carl Middleman Hello. in studio. And as I mentioned uh, a moment ago, joining us now on the phone once again, uh, joining us on the show is Kim Strassel from the Wall Street Journal, author of Resistance at All Costs. A new book is in stores now, and it is great to talk to you again, Kim. How are you? Good. It's so great to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh it's a it's a hell of a time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. You get up in the morning, you don't know whether to laugh or to cry. No, you're so right about that. So, uh the book Resistance at All Costs, it's a perfect title for what we are witnessing uh in this world right now on Capitol Hill as we go through this uh impeachment process. Uh, could you just uh, once again sort of let us know, you know, you're just overall 60,000, 30,000 square f- uh, feet um, uh, view from the top. You know, where where you stand and your thoughts on this impeachment process that we've all been um, uh, subjected to over the last few months. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the themes of my book go straight to this yeah. question. And, you know, the, the point here is that we've had a group of people that ever since Donald Trump was elected uh, refused to accept his legitimacy as president and have worked ceaselessly to try to overturn the results of that election. And and have told themselves that as a result of, you know, their own views that pretty much any of their actions are acceptable. And this is what we're witnessing with impeachment, okay? We've seen the Democrats conduct a process that was unlike anything in impeachment history in terms of the process, uh, secret hearings and not allowing the president's counsel to take part, not allowing Republicans to call witnesses, all to control a narrative. And then we hear for months about supposed obstruction and bribery and obstruction of justice and extortion and all of these things. And in the end, we get two very watered down impeachment articles, Mm -hmm. uh, neither of whom are related to a statute and unlike anything we've seen in history that set some very very terrible precedents for the future. Kimberly, Chris, speaking of resistance, you wrote a great column on Friday in the Wall Street Journal saying that, and I agree with this, saying that the FBI had its worst week ever. Uh, Expound on that a little bit. Well, think about this. We've, We've had an IG report that has now come out. And, and let's just understand what the bottom line is here. The FBI was found to have manipulated documents and concealed crucial evidence and provided false claims to a FISA court in order to get a surveillance warrants against a Trump campaign official in the weeks before an election. Now, if that's not like a, a really big deal, I don't know what is. Um, but it's it's I, I mean, look, this is. The FBI is one of the most powerful institutions in the world, Um, and we have rules in place to make sure that it does not abuse those powers uh, and inappropriately invade the privacy of American citizens. And what we just found is that they didn't follow any of those rules. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Wall Street Journal columnist and bestselling author Kim Strassel. Kim, you mentioned something a minute ago that I've been harping on for months now, and that is setting a dangerous 
dangerous precedent. Uh, we have opened Pandora's box, in my opinion, and there's you know there's no reversing that. We are now going to get to a situation where we're going to see this process move into the Senate, and there's a bit of an argument between uh, people on how this should be handled. You know, people like the president and others want a full-blown trial where, you know, hey, you've been doing it to us. You've been dragging everybody in front of uh, different panels and— uh, you know, making a, a big show of this, so we're going to put it right back in your face. And then there's people like Lindsey Graham who say, you know what, we're just going to get this over with as quickly as we can. I'm so torn on this because there's part of me that wants uh, one of the parties, in this case it would be the Republican Party, to be the bigger people and just say, you know what, we're not going to get down in the mud and we're not going to play your game and we're not going to break rules or bend rules or change rules, um, you know, just to, to, to fit our narrative at the moment. But another part of me thinks, how many times do you get sucker punched before you punch back, before you get down and you say, you know what, you, you're going to pull these dirty tricks on us constantly. It's time to do the same thing back to you. So I am, I am just literally torn on how I think it, the Republicans <laughs> should respond. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Not just in, in the Senate trial, but, I mean, even going forward in, in 2020, if, if the Republicans take back the House, should they do all the things that the, Repu- or that the Democrats have been doing? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can see both sides, okay? And, and specifically on the Senate trial, I can understand the pent-up desire to haul in Hunter Biden and put him in as a witness and Adam Schiff and everything. But I've always believed that in politics, it's a lot better to to act out of your head rather than your heart mm-hmm. um, in that I think you tend to make better decisions. And in that regard, I am with Lindsey Graham in that I think that one of the most powerful arguments Republicans have with the public is that the House process was so rigged and so dirty that it doesn't really deserve the respect of a, of a Senate trial. And so, you know, go in there, have the most abbreviated thing ever uh, uh, to make it clear what a sham that was and then move on. There's going to be plenty of other forums in which you can go after Hunter and Joe Biden and, and talk about Adam Schiff and his role in all of this. And then going forward, look, I wrote this book because I'm worried about the precedents that Democrats are are setting at the moment. And I, I, I worry that we will, in fact, continue to use them going forward. So I think the better course is to expose them, talk about how very wrong they are, um, and, and prove to the American people that if Republicans are in charge, they're not going to get these kind of crazy antics. The mainstream media and the Democrats have labeled uh, as conspiracy theories when you talk about uh, Christopher Steele and the Steele dossier and GPS. How confident are you that with the Durham investigation go forward, will that expose some of uh, what you and others have been talking about that the Democrats and the media have seemed to be one, wanting to sweep under the rug? Well, one benefit of the IG report is he already settled a, a huge portion of that. I mean, he came out and it, in great detail explained what Fusion did, what Christopher Steele did, and it, it was a terrible performance review. Let's just leave it at that. You know, we, we now know the FBI was never able to corroborate anything in the dossier other than a few dates, and places, and titles uh, that were all publicly available. We now know how Christopher Steele got his information, which was an embarrassment, you know, mostly from one source who the FBI then interviewed, and that he, this source said, I never expect him to 
put any of this in a report. Like we were just gossiping. It was hearsay, the kind of stuff you'd get in a bar over beers. You know, it was, it was like crazy that we took this seriously. But I think what Durham is going to do is uh, this very crucial piece. So what we've got now is all of the FBI's actions from when they started this investigation in July 2016. What we don't have yet is what preceded that. And this is clear that that's what Durham's looking into, and we're about to find out if there were political dirty tricks going on even earlier than July. The Democrats are engaging in division between themselves. You see the moderate wing and the progressive wing fighting each other. You see the candidates uh, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg being attacked as too moderate and wanting his clients to be uh, addressed. Um, where do you see the quote-unquote resistance in 2020? Are they still going to be uh, united, or was that united front a, a farce? Where do you see it in the future? Oh, no, I see going forward. Right now, if you look at the Democratic Party and that split that you just mentioned, the wing that is in the ascendancy remains the progressive wing, at least in terms of the attention they get and the headlines that they make and and the energy in the party. Um, You're seeing some pushback, I I think, in the primaries. That's why Joe Biden continues to retain his lead. He's not the best candidate in the world, but at the moment he's the the least uh, aggressively liberal of the candidates up there. And I think, you know, some in the party understand the the risks. Look, I think there's an interesting warning that just came out of Britain where Boris Johnson and the conservatives won such a a commanding control of the parliament. And, you know, part of that had to do with Brexit, but part of it had to do with his opponent, Jeremy Corbyn, who's one of those progressives. And the agenda he was putting forward to England was just one that most of the English people could not accept. I think that's a, a warning to some progressive politicians here in the United States. Got just a few minutes left here with Kimberly Strassel from the Wall Street Journal, author of the book Resistance at All Costs. Uh, Kim, what effect does not only the impeachment hearing, but all of the actions that we've seen the Democratic Party take since Donald Trump has been elected that you talk about in the book, uh, what effect is that going to have on the on the 2020 election? Are they handing this thing to the president? Well, look at what we've been through over the last couple of years. It's just really quite astonishing. We've had an FBI that thought it was appropriate to investigate a sitting presidential candidate and campaign for collusion, as if it was like a Manchurian candidate situation. Uh, We've had the craziness of the Kavanaugh hearings. We've had nonstop impeachment. We've had the media drop all of its standards. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of Americans are beginning to look at this and, and wonder, do they really want life to be this nutty all the time. Um, and, and so I think that that if the Republicans were to make that uh, one of the, the central questions of this election, um, I think that resonate very big out there. What, what I worry about, though, is what happens after 2020. I'm not sure I see a, a great outcome either way in that I think if re- Republicans win, I'm not sure this resistance stops its tactics. Uh, I think they're so embedded at this point that you still continue to see some of them. Uh, But I think if Democrats win, what makes me worry is that they will view that as a public approval of those tactics and double down on them. So, again, I think the more that this is made a political issue, uh, this kind of behavior, uh, the better the country will be, because then we can have a referendum on that. And maybe that will send a message to some folks. Chris, go ahead. Last question. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, okay, Uh, Kim, I have been asking everybody this because I'm fascinated um, by this idea 
that I heard for the first time about a month ago, and I thought it was silly, and then now I've heard more and more people saying the same thing, and I'm starting – it's like a conspiracy theory that I'm starting to get into. And that is the <laughs> and that is the idea that somebody who is either not in the race yet or maybe somebody who is technically in the race but certainly not one of the front runners uh, sweeps in and steals this Democratic nomination. Somebody rides in on their white horse. You know, a lot of people still think that Hillary Clinton is running. I personally don't believe that. But, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, too. Uh, is In your mind, is there any way that the the person that ends up being the Democratic presidential nominee is not one of the current front runners? Okay. Well, first of all, by the way, I'm just trying to get past your comment that Hillary Clinton, you know, could possibly run again, which just brings tears to my eyes. We have people here at the radio station that are dead (laughs) set believers that she is and they're not not supporters of hers, but they just believe that she is going to run. I don't. There's a documentary that has come out on her trying to humanize. I don't see it. But uh, but there are people that I know that I respect that that say it's it's happening. I, I, I don't see it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So here's the thing. I, you know, I, I could see that that kind of scenario would be fun. And by the way, we journalists, we kind of live for those situations, right? Just Heck because yeah. it would be interesting. <laughs> it would be fun. Here's what I think cuts against it, which is just that if you look at the Democratic Party, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they always accuse Republicans and the media always accuse Republicans of being sort of small C conservative about their candidates and and just always turning to the next guy in line who deserves it. Right. Um, but it, it, it actually look at Donald Trump. So that's not really exactly the way conservative voters operate. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they are more willing to take a flyer on an outside candidate. It's Democrats who actually tend to operate that way, um, or at least they have in recent history. I mean, look, we've had, you know, both of the, the last couple of elections, Hillary Clinton almost, you know, won the nomination, including against Barack Obama. And, you know, she'd been around in politics for ages at that point. Like, what was she even doing running? So the reason I mention all this is I think the reason you see Joe Biden continue to always top the polls, despite the fact he's not a great candidate, is because Democrats like to go with what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I still find it hard to believe, uh, especially given their pent-up desire to beat Donald Trump, that they this time would take a flyer on somebody they are less uh, less known or that they're less comfortable with. Got it. Love it. Uh, Kimberly Strassel from The Wall Street Journal, thank you so much for your time. Again, I hope we get a chance to talk to you again real soon. The book is Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Uh, before we let you go, Kim, what's the? do you have any preferred way for people to check out the book? What's the best way for people to get their hands on it? And how can they also uh, keep up with what you're doing, uh, social media, websites, all that good stuff? Yeah, no, just get your hands on it anywhere. Um, <laughs> Amazon, there you Barnes go. And Noble, your, your, your local bookseller, and buy it for all your friends and family. It's, you know, it's the holiday season. Heck yeah. <laughs> when's your next, when's your but, next um, Fox News appearance? You on? Are you on this Sunday? Uh, Tomorrow? Every week. It's at all I'm the time. I'm on. Uh, no, but just look next week. They, 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 they pretty much book me every day these Got days. It. So, <laughs> I mean, which is. 
uh, fun for all concerned. <laughs> right on. Good but, stuff. Uh, in terms of social media, yeah. I'll go to WSJ.com to get a subscription. It's a great newspaper. And by the way, just a little shout out, the kind of organization that gives support to journalists like me who, you know, sometimes the last couple of years were writing a lot of things that the rest of the mainstream media were not, but I had the full support and backing, and we turned out to be right. That's really great to know because, uh, like you said, there's less and less of those organizations uh, around anymore. So we really appreciate the information, and we always appreciate talking to you, Kim Strassel. I hope we get a chance to talk to you again real soon. Thanks for having me, you guys. I really Enjoy the rest of your day. It. Yeah, thank you. All right, we got to take a quick break, but uh, we've got plenty more weekend report coming up. We're going to dive back into some of the headlines of the week when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. FM Talk, Tony Colombo, Chris Arps, and Carl Middleman in studio. Big thank you to Kimberly Strassel from the Wall Street Journal, author of the book Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Kimberly just joined us in that last segment, and uh, it is always um, a pleasure to speak with her. You know, Kimberly made an interesting point when she said the progressive liberals in this country should be taking notice of what happened over in Great Britain. Uh, Boris Johnson and the conservatives, the Tories won in a landslide. And I was just thinking about that, honestly, when we were driving down here uh, with all the good economic news, trade uh, uh, deals being renegotiated, uh, the president's popularity rising. I was just thinking, you know, this could be a landslide uh, next year in our presidential elections where the only states that uh, the Democrat wins is California, New York, and Illinois. Yeah. I mean, it it could honestly could get like it, especially with this impeachment charade that the the Democrats are going down. So if that would happen, let's say that, that's a great point. If that happens and they just get... It's just a landslide victory for Donald Trump. Will the Democrats back off? Like one of the other points that Kimberly made is that she doesn't think no, no matter what happens with impeachment or the election, this she said that this is the way that the the Democrats are are behaving going forward. Now she doesn't expect this uh, resistance at all costs, Don't. which is the name of her book, to to stop. They get just just hammered in this election well they go we can't do this anymore tony some of them have actually hinted that if the president is reelected, then they'll if he does something they can impeach him again and again and again some of them seriously have suggested that this well i could be the i mean the first impeachment i know that your girl uh alexandria (laughs) ocasio-cortez is angry that there's only two articles she wants there to be like a dozen so to your point, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're, you know, I've said it many times. Once you get something in your gut, as uh, we were told at UPS when I was a young supervisor, once you get it in your gut and it's emotional, you are ten times likely to make yeah. uh, errors in your judgment. And the Democrats are just making such a 
fateful error with this uh, with this impeachment move. One of the big stories of the week, uh, going local here for a second, uh, that uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about, is this story out of Melville, the Melville School District, where <laughs> these fifth graders were given an assignment that put them in the westward expansion era, and part of the assignment included putting a price on slaves. Uh, a part of the project uh, that included various trading scenarios read, quote, you own a plantation or farm and therefore need workers. You begin to get more involved in the slave trade industry and have slaves on your farm. Your product to trade is slaves. And then they were instructed mm-hmm. to put prices on and buy, sell, and trade slaves. Uh, how's that hit you? You know, I think to even consider a uh, school experiment like that in these politically correct times is insane. I don't know what the teachers— What if we weren't in a politically well, correct that's time? Well, that's where I was going. But I was trying to think back. You know, when I was in fifth and sixth grade in the, the late 70s, and if something like this would have happened in my school— I think my parents would have gone up to the school and said, hey, I understand what you're trying to teach, but uh, slavery, doing it in this manner is not the appropriate manner. I think it would have been the same in my childhood um, then as it is in these correct times. I think it was a mistake. I don't know if there was any racial malice involved in it. That doesn't seem to come out. But this is one of those scratch your head, like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I'm I'm not black or African-American or— Seriously? But— Friend of the show and friend of the DGS, Alvin Reed, was okay with this. Really? He was okay. He, and he also mm. said 99% of most black people I know would also not be okay with this. But he said that slavery should make people uncomfortable. I agree with that. I, and I agree that slavery should be taught in schools and it should not be sugarcoated. And we that, need to teach people about you know, Instead about of the reality it. of it, because that's how you learn from your history. But 30 years ago, yes. In these times, but. you just can't, you know. Well, hold on. I don't, this is not, in my opinion, this, is, this is not the way to do it. Putting a price on human life, asking fifth graders to determine what the value of a human life is, is is a little bit too, too weird for me. <laughs> I don't like the way this, this was done. Yeah. I, I do believe, though, strongly that we need to teach our kids oh, about sure. slavery sure. and we need to do it in fairly graphic terms so they understand exactly what the history of this country I mean, take is take them on a field trip to the slave museum yeah, in Washington them. or somewhere don't, don't but do this... it like don't do it like yeah, this yeah. especially with fifth grade and when i say like do it in very graphic terms not to 11 year olds who yeah, are in right. fifth grade but once you get into high school and in you know and once you get into some more advanced mm-hmm. education I think that that you need to that you need to teach people because yeah. that's how you learn from your mistakes and that's how you learn, you know the, the what happened. You know, like but can in, you just learn North it? Korea, and be they taught? don't teach you anything bad that's ever happened in the history of that country. Right. And yeah, you need. They need, think their leaders don't poop. But do need, you really they, need? Exactly. But do you really need to act out slavery and be no. bought and sold to no. really understand what a terrible practice it was? No. Or can you watch graphic movies and yes. go to well, museums? Well, it depends on what the curriculum that was is before. My point. That's my point exactly. That is my point exactly. That's how you do it. 
Yeah. You teach them about it. You don't yeah. put them in and the— say, we made a huge mistake yeah. for a long time in this country. <laughs> no, that's exactly uh, what I think. I, I wanna, Did we all agree on that? A little bit later yeah, on. Yeah, okay, I think so. I just want to make sure. Uh, Skip Weber will be here. <laughs> Skip Weber will be here next hour to, uh, Why are you for the Weird News Challenge. You know? We're all against we got slavery. <laughs> we got, we're <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. all against slavery, You have yes. a point there, Carl. You do. <laughs> if we have a few minutes to talk to Skip about it, I, th- I want to bring it up to him. But uh, the USMCA, uh, finally— yeah. Past this week. What are your thoughts about Tony, that? Tony, I'm going to, you know, I try to uh, position myself as a political expert, pundit, and uh, there's some tape somewhere of Chris Harp saying that this will never pass uh, <laughs> during an election year because there's no way that well, the Democrats it's December. are it's going. Not, <laughs> it's not an election year yet. I said it's I, not an election. Got to go to the Senate, right? That's how my uh, that's how honest I am. Honest I am. I said that this was never going to pass an election year. The Democrats are never going to give the president this type of victory, but. I can't throw this little caveat in is that I did not see impeachment in the future. And the Democrats are strictly doing this to show the American people that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can impeach the president and pass legislation. So if I have an out, uh, it'd have to be I didn't foresee impeachment. Uh, There's my disclaimer. I like it. Megan Rapino uh, was no- named. Rapino or Rapino? Rapino was right. named Sports Illustrated's Sports Person of the Year. Uh, this week, she is uh, a, a hell of an athlete, no doubt about yeah. it, a yes. champion, all of those things. However, she also <laughs> protests the national anthem. She says that she will never sing it again in her life. She also says that she will never put her hand on her heart ever again during the national anthem. Um, she's the one that said, I'm not going to the effing White House. Yeah. Uh, flip test. Yeah. If an athlete said this, any athlete said this about Barack Obama, yeah. would they be named Sports Illustrated's Person of the Year? Look, no matter what they did that year, if they were, if they won everything you could win, Time Magazine no longer publishes and is a online publication only. Their Person of the Year is Greta Thunberg. Yeah. So, do I really need to say any more than that, Tony? Yeah. Of what I. Think about their right. remark, Megan Rapinoe being their sportsman of the year. Do I need to say any more? I just don't. I. It just is so. The hypocrisy is so frustrating. If you want to make it just about what you do on the field, yeah. of play, that's fine. But you, but you will never. And, and, and in that case, then you, if you want to name Megan Rapinoe your sports person of the year, then I think it's a fine choice. Yeah. However, you can't. You will never convince me that if an athlete. Would have done that. Would have said all those things, while a different president is in office. That the that they would be given that award. They wouldn't be. I agree. And I agree one hundred percent. So the hypocrisy is just uh, uh, is too much for me to take. Uh, what did you think about this story out of California about uh, this the community groups that are suing the University of California to drop SAT and ACT scores, saying that uh, the university system discriminates against low income students and racial minorities uh, by requiring the SAT test, basically saying that the SAT test is uh, racist. I think it's just another symptom of the. Uh uh, participation, participation, participation trophy. 
of kids that we've grown up. There was a similar article in New York where there's an elite high school in New York where you have to have a lot of money and you have to uh, do really well on your test scores to get in. They uh, went on strike because they feel that having to have high test scores to get into this elite school is uh, prejudicial or discriminatory against minorities. So I think this is just uh, another symptom of the participation trophy generation. Um, it takes away achievement. Uh, you know, it's the whole movement of no class valedictorian because that hurts yeah. the person like me who was the sixth person from the bottom of their class. That's supposed to hurt my self-esteem you know what i noticed um or what i thought I, I i found really fascinating this week was our friend gabe pfeiffer mm-hmm. st john the philosopher sent who is me a smart a guy tweet and and he is a very probably the smartest person i know yes. uh, he convinced and, you to hate the last jedi and a black man <laughs> <laughs> and a black man who yeah. grew up in a very poor community mm-hmm. said Doesn't that it. and and he is in as we said he's an extremely intelligent person and he said that his sat score is what opened up doors for him. Because he scored so high, he was able to get into schools and get attention from schools that he otherwise wouldn't have gotten because of where he went to school and because of where he lived and because of his background. And he said, in my experience, it's exactly the opposite of discrimination. The SAT actually opened doors for me because I scored so high that it forced... Yeah. These these uh, colleges and universities to take a look at it. And that's what I, the problem I have with some of the affirmative action programs and things of that nature. You know, the ultimate goal should be for African-American students to achieve excellent and get 1500s on their test scores instead of uh, making excuses on why they can't score as high or lowering their scores or doing a lower threshold. We should be trying to achieve, you know, greatness instead of. Being lowered. Right. Before we run out of time, I want to do this. Uh, I, want to, I want to have a little fun here. Uh, it's not about we, Austin Peterson. We wondered it? last. No, he's coming up. We okay. we wondered last week if uh, Marianne Williamson was still <laughs> running for president. Well, I she is. about her. She is still running for president. Does she, she know that? <laughs> she has not. Uh, she has not shut down her uh, hmm. her campaign yet. Has she qualified? Uh, and she made news. No, she has not oh, qualified no, for any no. of that stuff. But she made news this week when uh, she fell for a fake news story that claimed that President Trump pardoned Charles Manson. Oh, God. she tweeted. <laughs> she yeah, but the story was he did it um, while after he was death. Alive. Posthumously. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah, posthumously, um, which is a word I cannot say. Uh, Me either. She tweeted. She tweeted to her 2.8 million followers. There is something deeply sinister about Trump pardoning Charles Manson even after death. Dog whistles of the very worst possible kind. This was a story on something called, on a website called moronmajority.com, <laughs> which is, I assume, an onion slash yeah, Babylon right. Bee type of satirical news website. So somebody mm-hmm. sends Marianne Williamson, or she gets somehow made aware of this story from moronmajority.com that talks about how Donald Trump just pardoned Charles Manson, and she fell for yeah. it. There, you know what? If there's any seriousness to be gleamed from this story, it's that people like Marianne Williamson and the people that are so uh, insanely... Uh, against Donald Trump 
they actually read that and they think that it could yeah. that it's something that could mm-hmm. happen. I mean, that he would be capable of doing that. I mean, it's an example of it's what insane. it's an example of what uh, I've been saying. Once you get something into your gut and you become emotionally involved with it, you don't make rational decisions, and you would fall for something that any rational person would know that this is not a real satirical. You fall for it because yeah. you hate him so much, and it just validates your already beliefs that you have. For she him. deleted the tweet and then posted. Glad to have been wrong. Hashtag I'm an idiot. Yes. All right, that's going to do it for the first hour of the weekend report, but we have an entire second hour coming your way. Skip Weber is going to be here for the Weird News Challenge, and we are going to talk to Austin Peterson next. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the road. <laughs> you know what? It was cute. It was cute for a while. It's getting less cute. No, I want to keep <laughs> doing it until they just get on your Actually, you nerves. nailed it that time. You did nail it that time. So this I, is like the sideshow Bob getting I, hit with the rake. I understand. Welcome he back. He doesn't understand, but you <laughs> I can't hear anything. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Hour number two of the Weekend Report about to come your way. If you missed anything in our first hour, make sure you download the podcast, the radio.com app. Radio.com app is absolutely free. Gives you 24-7 access to the stream of the radio station. You can download the podcast of this show and all the other shows here on the station for free. And you can take advantage of the new Radio Rewind feature. If you're listening live on the app, you can rewind live radio. It's pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, in that first hour, we talked to Kimberly Strassel from the Wall Street Journal. Great stuff from what her. So, yeah, if you missed that, make sure you download the podcast and go check out what Kimberly had to say. And joining us now, as I mentioned earlier, on the phone is our old friend Austin Peterson, uh, radio show host at KWOS in Jeff City, of of course, uh, Austin ran for Senate here uh, in 2018, and it is great to always talk to Austin. Uh, how's it going, my friend? Doing great, Tony. Merry Christmas to you, one and all. Yes, back at you, back at you. So uh, you, uh, you know, you're you're part of us now. You're one of us now, uh, part of the media, uh, doing the uh, the radio show in uh, in the the state's capital. Uh, what are your, you know, before we dive into the minutia and the details, uh, just give me your overall thoughts on what we saw this week on uh, Capitol Hill and where we're at now with this uh, impeachment process. Well, I do think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Uh, no matter how much they over-dramatize this event, we all know where this is going. This is a quite literal bridge to nowhere. Um, and it's in the backdrop of, um, you know, money being spelled to build, to build more bridges to nowhere, where we're uh, you know ensuing through a continuing resolution process. In the backdrop of all the impeachment drama uh, behind it, you know nobody's looking to see who the man behind the curtain is or who's running the marionettes. 
Uh, and quite frankly, you know, we are going to spend trillions of dollars on the federal side of things. And if, if anybody is really benefiting, honestly, both parties are benefiting from the impeachment drama because it allows them to slip in all those little, you know, nice Christmas presents and treats to all the contractors and all the crony capitalism and all the, the farmers and the poor and all of the taxpayer dollars, everything that we've worked for so hard this year. Uh, is being squandered away by our representatives, duly elected representatives, in the backdrop while they work on a budget process. It can be tough to spin a lot of plates, but mm-hmm. somehow they manage, uh, or our rulers manage to um, to manage all of the budgetary issues while they're um, talking about impeachment. So you know, I'm really upset about you know all of my you know Christmas cookies being stolen away before Santa can get a bite. You know? <laughs> Amen. Austin, Chris Arps, good to talk to you again, my friend. Uh, An issue that is dear to my heart uh, was filed by Representative Trent, uh, I think, on Thursday, uh, detailing that only American citizens should vote in our elections. Uh, There is a statewide or nationwide effort in a lot of different jurisdictions around the country that is allowing people with green cards, not necessarily illegal aliens, but people with green cards, allowing them to vote in municipal and uh, school board elections because uh, they're working, paying taxes there in the community. And a lot of liberal activists believe that they should have the right to vote. What is your view on that? What is the libertarian uh, view on that? I can see like why at first blunt, blah, what's the first word? First blanche, uh, you might you might be uh, cause have to see cause for concern. Uh, but let's just say the honest truth that everybody knows is most Americans don't vote. You know, um, most American, most of the people who are American citizens who are born here do not vote. Um, and when it comes to the levels of immigrants or people who come to the United States who vote, it's a fraction of a percentage of that. It's it's even less of uh, people. Now, people who become Americanized, it goes to the actual citizenship process to try and become, uh, you know, they, they actually vote in about par levels and sometimes even higher than native-born American residents. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at something which might be even more concerning, say, you know, non-high school educated immigrants coming to the United States and voting in American elections, that's an even smaller fraction of mm-hmm. the people who are um, coming here, who are voting, who are uneducated, but, and then but what out about of that, but what you're about, talking about the ones who would vote illegally in election? Yeah. It's even tinier sliver of that. So I'm not sure that it should really be at the top of your Santa's to-do list Wait. to get something like this passed because it sounds to me like more populist claptrap Austin, and fear mongering. Austin, see, and that's one of the issues that we're having with this is people are misinterpreting. I'm not talking about. Um, illegal aliens voting. What I'm talking about is people that are here in this country legally that have green cards that have not completed their full citizenship yet. Uh, California, California, Los Angeles and other places like that. They're allowing them to vote in school board elections. I mean, shouldn't you have to complete the process? Nobody votes in school board elections. Americans don't vote in school board elections. Austin, that's not Austin. They show up to a school board election. Austin, I know that you believe in the rule of law. (laughs) And I know that you believe that people should become full citizens before they're allowed to vote in elections. Our country, our country. It's not that important to me. I know you guys get off to the idea of the nation state and it's God raw, raw, raw the flag every single day, but like, you know, get a life. Our get country, our like, country, um, uh, uh, you know, Boston, our co- holding people who show up to school board meetings are, are not are the least of your problems. Austin, if you were running for an elected office and you lost mm-hmm. by only a handful of votes and people that weren't citizens of this country voted uh, yeah. for someone else, that wouldn't bother you? 
Um, maybe I'd have an, uh, you know, you might ask for an audit if it's a close election, but I mean, like, you know, people, but that, listen, they're not people clamoring that, to get to the but polls. People that I'm aren't you, they're not clam- Americans aren't clamoring to get to the polls. That's the, just, the, that's the just a not, holders that's are a not red, clamoring to get to the polls either. That's can, a red herring. That's a red herring. Can we get more Americans to vote in elections? That's a red herring. We're talking about rule of law, It's boring. Boring. Boo. Get a new subject. Man. Fired up, <laughs> and that's what, and that's the issue I have with some of the libertarian philosophy. We, we, we want, we agree with them. We agree with years. We agree with the law sometimes, but sometimes we don't agree with the law. We we agree. We, we agree with the law when it when it serves our purposes. I know the last time you reported wrote a report was in high school and it was ten pages long with five. Austin, you don't have to insult me to try. Austin, you don't have to try to insult my intelligence to make your point. Just make your point. Just make your point. Well, you don't need to try to – you're, you're downgrading your point you trying to listen, insult libertarians me. Libertarians are always on the defensive, okay? But I'm not – I wonder why. You're insulting I, their intelligence while you're making – while you're debating with them, well, and I wonder why. That's not me being defensive. That's me looking down on you and telling you you need to get educated and to t- take 10 minutes. And that's defensive and behavior. That and that sounds like you. defensive behavior to me. No, it's more like narcissistic. But <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Tony, you you have a question. Yeah, I do, but I could listen to this all day. Um, uh, I want to ask you something about uh, what's happening there in Jeff City, a story that I find very, very interesting. We usually hear about – it's usually liberals and Democrats that we're talking about tearing down statues. Uh, There's actually a Missouri uh, state rep that is wanting to take the the statue off the Capitol, off the Capitol Dome in Jeff City, which was just redone. Uh, uh, currently, it is a. Uh, it's been for years. Uh, the Roman goddess of agriculture. I can't even remember her name off the top of my head. That is the series. Do- series. There you go. That is on top of the uh, dome there in Jeff City. Uh, a Republican state rep uh, made a request to the governor this week to have that statue taken down uh, because he says that uh, he cited Bible scripture and said that uh, that basically that that is a false god. And I am not for tearing down statues. I, I it's just a topic that I just, you know, I just can't get behind. But there was one interesting statement that he put in there that made that made me at least uh, perk up and 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 at least think about this this issue a little bit. And that was when he said, if it was a statue of Jesus, then there'd be outcry. So why is it okay for one God to be uh, on top of the Capitol and not another God to be on top of the Capitol? I think it's an interesting uh, point. What are your thoughts? This has become a huge issue here in Jefferson City. Because, really? You know, the really? Capitol, that... yeah, oh, oh, yeah. We talk about it every day on my show. It's no been kidding. such a big deal. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. Well, because not only are people upset, you know, on the social conservative side, but they're upset on the fiscal conservative side as well. $400,000 of taxpayer money. You know, we've got a lot of big issues and we're and problems around the state, you know, an opioid crisis. And we got 90 percent of rape, tit, rape kits in Missouri not being tested. We don't have enough money for them. But, you know, we got 400 grand to clean up a statue. You know, uh, Tony Navasco, he's a state rep out in St. Charles, actually came on my show yesterday and said, you know, what we really ought to be, ought to be upset is the, the false god of government underneath her. <laughs> you know, it was the, <laughs> the, the, the capital being the false god of government. But, you know, on the social conservative side of things, they have serious concerns that make perfect sense if you understand what they believe, which is in the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments, the first and second commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. These are very, they believe this as literal biblical truth. So it's hard to 
you know, kind of poke fun or laugh. You know, we may may disagree and say, hey, you know, you're just kind of being backwards on this one. But that's their sincerely held religious belief, and they they have a right to to that. Um, but they, you know, again, when it comes to the statue, I think ultimately most people they they kind of laughed at the you know take it down because it's a false idol because nobody worships Ceres, the god right. of Ceres anymore. Um, does the does the but, state rep that that made that request does he even? care that he, uh, that it's a, oh, that it's a false a god or is he just trying to make a point <laughs> is it possible to be both <laughs> i don't i don't know i you i i know the story but you but i think it's fascinating because you know here in st louis you, you know it, that's not top news we've talked about it a no. very little bit but you guys you know being there in in the capital probably know more about it than i do and know more about the um uh the genesis of it than i do and i don't know if this is a person who is you know really sticking to his bible and trying to yep. push it from that um uh, agenda or if he's just making a point because the only part of the whole argument that made me even perk up my ears is when he said, look, why is it okay to have a statue of one God, but not another God? And I think that is the one interesting point. Yeah. I think we'd all be upset if they put a you know a crescent moon up at the top of the Capitol. Certainly, I would be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy if they put, you know, a Buddhist sign or a Hindu sign or a, a you know a freaking uh, you know swastika at the top of the thing. Sure. I mean, the problem is is that you, when it comes to you know her iconography or what is really you know her as herself, you know she's not up for debate. The real serious substantial debate is you know overall fifty million dollars is being spent to clean up the Capitol right now, and here's what what people aren't talking about. And this is that they are now talking about doing the inside of the Capitol. Right now we're paying for a $50 million renovation to do the outside of these buildings here in Jefferson City. They're talking they want $500 million now to potentially do a renovation inside the Capitol. Not $50 million like we're doing right now and blowing through wads of cash to do these kinds of projects like Ceres. That's what it's coming out of. But $500 million to redo the inside of the Capitol. Uh, and, you know, ostensibly for good reasons, like the Americans with Disabilities, you know, we need, you know, people who are disabled want to be able to access the Capitol, absolutely. Uh, but we're talking about major renovations to art and other things. And if you don't like Ceres as a Roman goddess, you, you should probably look inside the Capitol because there are plenty more pagan myths that are uh, littered around the uh, the Missouri capital that are sure to inflame the passions of any devout social conservative. Tony. And a lot of those people were elected by uh, illegal aliens voting in elections <laughs> that they shouldn't be. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to start it back up. I don't want to start it back hey, up. I want Stop to apologize, Chris. I was beating up on you, man. I just, you know, get a little steam off. It's Friday. I'm done. I'm, how, I'm done. How, how much more do you have to go when a guy has to insult you to make his points? Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Did you hear uh, what he well, said? I'll buy you a beer when I'm in St. Louis, Chris, and apologize. I don't think you heard the line when he when you guys were arguing and you said you don't have to insult me and he said i do because it's good radio so there's a little <laughs> little entertainment in there a yeah just a little fun we're a, just talking a, fun we're just be boys will be boys a silent pause is good radio too right <laughs> there you go uh Thanks, guys. let's take it back out national before we let you go uh only got a couple minutes left here with austin peterson uh a question that i've been asking uh everybody i asked uh kim strassel this earlier uh this idea that the person that that could win the uh, democratic nomination is somebody that's either not in the race yet could be like a hillary clinton i'm not a believer in that whole Hillary Clinton is running thing, uh, but I know people that are dead set that she is going to run. Um, do you think that there's any possibility that uh, it, that the person who ends up securing the Democratic 
nomination is not currently one of the front runners. Is somebody going to ride in on their white horse and seal this thing? Potentially, but they might already be in the race. So, like, you know, uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg got in and is looking at the nomination. So if it's going to be a dark horse, my best guess would be that it would be somebody like that, that, you know, that Bloomberg would come up and just start spending massively to get him to a position where he could have enough delegates and then he might sway it and and pull the election. I mean, he, he theoretically could win because he, if he could pull off the logistics, it's really just about the attitude of the Democratic delegates. And so, no, if you don't get in, you've got, like, I think many deadlines have already started passing for some of these states in terms of getting into their primaries. You have to register at a certain time with the, you know, the boards of elections. But, I mean, you know, you can still make up the amount of electoral votes on the back end. But the last thing they want is for somebody to get in now and try and, you know, split that vote to where they divide the country, and then the Democrats are going to fight a party divided against the Republicans, they need to be unified going into the election with Trump, not have a situation like they did before with Hillary Clinton versus Bernie Sanders. So in order to avoid that potential split that could really decimate the chances for the Democratic Party, they're probably going to want to pick Joe Biden. And that's why, you know, you and I know, thinking people know that if the Democrats have a lick of sense and, you know, that is definitely in question many times, they've got to go with Joe, who's just a household name. Name ID will buy it, baby. Name recognition. Austin Peterson, uh, KWOS Radio in Jeff City. It's Chris Arp's favorite morning show. Exactly. Uh, how can people? <laughs> how can people listen to you? Uh, you know, if they're here in St. Louis, uh, website, social media, keep up with uh, what's happening with Austin Peterson. Six to nine a.m. Central, Monday through Friday on KWOS. You can tune in on KWOS.com, or there's an app, and of course we Facebook live stream it on the morning show with Austin Peterson and John Marsh Facebook page. Check it out. Chris Arps, sorry, buddy. I owe you a beer, maybe two. Uh, and Tony, thanks for having me on the show, brother. Best of luck. All right, we'll talk to you again real soon, Austin. Have a great day. Thanks, bye. You bet. All right, we got to take a break. When we get back, it's time for the Weird News Challenge with our buddy Skip Weber. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report. Let me go get Chris a drink, and uh, we're going to talk about this, and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. It just uh, got hot I here. Hot in her. Heard it down the hall. Yeah. Wow. It just yes. got it got hot in here. Welcome yeah. back to the, the rumble from the loo. Yeah. They're calling already down, <laughs> no kidding. Welcome back to the, the weekend report. Uh, Tony uh, Colombo, Chris Sarps, Carl Middleman, hey. and now Skip Weber in the studio. We just talked to Austin Isn't Peterson. It's nice that, that you have somebody like me that comes in most every week and just doesn't stir up any controversy. No, it I love it. Fight within your co-host. I and we you get know, to play just, a game yeah, and we exactly. have fun and we yeah. like. I mean, it's the weekend. <laughs> you know, people want right. news, but they also want to have some fun on the weekends. Right. They also want to listen to good music, which they'll get a chance to do. A little yes. bit later on tonight, yeah. uh, but I want to. They give made up my, at the end, though. I do. I, and yeah. Austin, yeah, <laughs> yes. He well, tried, I don't know. He, he, he did, tried. <clears throat> he did apologize, which I thought was good because yes. he, he owed you an apology. You in, my, in my opinion, he yeah. owed you an apology. He did apologize to I've you got a couple times. Uh, but yeah, that was something. Yeah. Uh, Would you, you have him on again? Sure. We just had. Uh, we just he had makes a, good radio, like he said. Right? Yeah, yeah. We just had Austin Peterson on, and him and Chris got into a little dust up. 
And I didn't know if I wanted to give you an opportunity to sort of, uh, uh, if you had a, if you wanted to put a bow on the, that conversation. Talk behind his back. No, I, I, I just, you know, I think he yeah. misunderstood the original argument. He thought I was talking about illegal alien voting, which I wasn't. I was right. talking about people with green cards voting. Um, and I'm, maybe because he misunderstood the argument, that's what set him off. But My you know, opinion, I have thick skin. The way I uh, interpreted what he was saying mm-hmm. is that it, it maybe it's an issue, but it's such a small issue that we have that we should be focusing our efforts in other places, which I understand yeah. that point. But just I interpreted because, that he didn't care that it, if if, well, if if especially when I especially when I brought up the argument that if you're running for office and you lost an election by a small number and it came out that illegal, illegal or legal citizens were voting and you lost right, an election right. because someone is not a citizen yet. Would that bother you? And he kind of danced around well, that. Let me, and- let me draw this analogy. It might blow your mind a little bit, but I'm going <laughs> to make the analogy to steroids in baseball. All right. And because when that whole thing was happening and we had baseball players on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. there was a lot of people in this country that were saying, why are we wasting our time? Why is Congress wasting their time talking to baseball players that are taking steroids when there's so many bigger issues to tackle in this world? Because they and have a tax again, exemption. Again, I understand they... that, but right. just am. because it's a smaller— um, I, just equate it, I equate it to talking about this during my segment when, <laughs> we, should, when, we, should, be, when yes. we should be playing a game. You're so right. Well, anyway, that was—so I will—we I, will move on, I promise. But that was what I— I would, like that. Just because, just because it, maybe it's not something that is a widespread problem mm-hmm. or is— something that that affects uh, a, a, a large percentage of people doesn't mean that it's something that's that's wrong that should be addressed yeah, just because it's maybe not as big of a deal as impeachment yeah. I, I guess doesn't mean that we just let it go I guess what offended me is people fought and died for the right to vote in this country my ancestors were lynched trying to have the right to vote and to be just so flippant about it eh, so what uh, some legal the legal green card aliens voted yep. who cares just just kind of offended me. Well, if you missed the uh, if you missed the uh, argument, you the can always up. download <laughs> our podcast. Yeah, rewind. rewind. You can uh, if you're listening if you're listening <laughs> on the app, you can use the radio rewind, or you can download our podcast yeah. for free. Radio.com app and check out. We'll all have a of beer summit. Stuff. So Trish Gazelle from 102.5 yeah. is not here this week. Um, Skip She's Weber doing is the uh, bikes for tykes that's going on right now that for the right. next like uh, fifteen hours. That or is so. correct. Oh, cool. Uh, so today's weird news challenge is Skip Weber, Chris Arps, and producer Carl Middleman. Hi. Um, and I, I, as I mentioned earlier, this is the last uh, traditional weekend report uh, before Skip Weber's Christmas edition. That he Christmas, will be hosting. Christmas Entertainment Edition. Yes, Christmas uh-huh. Entertainment that's Edition. So don't give them any more hints because I don't want them to uh, like try to cram before next week. Because I think I, <laughs> well, you can, I you have can, an advantage. Can try I can to cram. cram, right? Yeah, that's no, okay. Christmas Entertainment is a pretty broad. It's pretty broad. Yes. It's pretty yeah. broad. And yeah. so Skip will be, for the first time, hosting the Weird News Challenge hmm. next week for that Christmas Entertainment, entertainment Edition. Don't will, miss it. will encompass all mediums, mm. television, radio. Movies, yeah, film, literature, ooh, newspapers, so, yeah, magazine per- periodicals, articles, yes, <laughs> periodicals. So, 
I feel I feel good about this game. But you I'm know not going to yeah. promise at least one question from every one of those categories. Flyers, yeah. brochures. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if those are entertainment. That's more like advertising. Well, that's a good some, point. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying too much. No hints. Skip the sitting no, down. There's I no feel hints good. there. There's no hints there. So, so uh, this week we are going to play a traditional game of the Weird News Challenge. For those of you who have been under a rock for the last two years what? and don't know what the Weird News Challenge is, it's America's Skip wins. It's America's <laughs> Favorite yeah, game. It. That's not true. No, He's sitting down true. today, so I feel kind I'm of good. I'm sitting down because I can't. I can't. Yeah, I'm, he doesn't I'm not have stand up. I don't have the tall mic, and, and, and I can't mic, really yeah. stoop down very That's easily. Right. That may give me an advantage. It's got to be no, it's not. You know what? It might give you an advantage. That's what I'm saying. I'm making an advantage. He's normally towering above exactly, you, which is very intimidating. Very. I think it's a psychological thing. He's sitting down, and he's still even. To your height, <laughs> he is. He, but <laughs> at least he's not taller you. than you. Yeah, he's Sitting. just as tall as you now. Uh, so, Weird News Challenge is a trivia game about uh, current news stories that are a little bit goofy, off the beaten path. And uh, I'll ask the questions; they will answer them, and um, at the end, we'll have a winner. This is episode number sixty-two. Before we get started, gentlemen, test your buzzers. Chris Harp. Mm-hmm. Skip Weber. Ding, 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 ding. Carl <laughs> Middleman. Carl. There you go. Very good. <laughs> Who's the judge, by the way? It's just judges. me, baby. Tony. Okay. It's just me. I'm the judge, jury, and executioner. You got that right. Weird News Challenge. We can report. Weird News Challenge, episode number 62, a traditional game. Uh, Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect. You can buzz in anytime you like. Uh, we have four questions. Question number four has five possible Ooh, points. Okay. So Multiple here, point yep. questions. Here we go. Not like last week. Question number one. No, there was like 30. <laughs> Right, but it was a. I, I won, and you won with six percent. Six percent of the points. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, uh, question number one: What NFL team was allegedly caught Carl. cheating? Carl, the New England Patriots. That is correct. That is correct. You have to use their nickname or something. Mm-hmm. The cheating Patriots. The Cheatriots. The, the what? Cheaters. The cheating Patriots. Cheatriots. Now he could have gone the other way and said what team Carl. they were filming. Which yeah. I would well, but he said what? As soon as he said us. what team was accused, both right. of us right, b- we all knew beeped in, and you were. Chris, did you know? Person. I hate to complain, so, but it's like, could you make it easy, any easier, Tony? <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Trying to get, but not too easy. To let where you I get can, on the board, everyone here. can. All right, what NFL team was allegedly caught cheating again uh, once again this week? It was the New England Patriots. The Patriots sent a video crew to Cleveland when the Browns played the Bengals, or when they when they played yeah when the Browns played the Bengals. Supposedly to shoot footage for a web series that uh-huh. the Patriots do called "Do Your Job," uh, Bengals employee caught a Patriots videographer shooting Cincinnati's coaches and staff on the sideline during the entire first quarter of their game. When security interviewed the videographer, he reportedly said, "Hey, if I delete this footage, can we just forget the whole thing?" <laughs> Whoa, wow! wow. And Come Bill, on with these guys. And I Bill so Belichick sick. said, "Oh, I didn't send yeah. them at all." Arrogance. I am so sick of Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and they're just elitist, exactly entitled, why, cheating. Here, it's crap. exactly why. MLB has to come down very, very hard on the well, Houston, Houston Astros because yeah. there's yeah. so much evidence they or, cheated. You can't here. There's all kinds of evidence the Patriots cheated. They gave them slaps on the wrist, so they just keep doing right. it. Yeah, but slaps on the wrist. Right. The Cardinals yeah. did the same thing, though. The Cardinals didn't do the same they, thing, they, and the Cardinals were massively they hacked into their website. They hacked into their website, and did, that's very, very little advantage. And they were punished for it. I yes, cheated, I, cheating during baseball. the game. Cheating during the game is. 
You know, I, yeah. I said this for years. I never understood how Bill Belichick was a bum coach with Cleveland, couldn't win anything. All of a sudden, he goes to the Patriots, and he's this genius coach well, with seven work yeah, Super Bowls. I've time. never understood just right. that dramatic turnaround of yeah. a coach. And never. now you do. <laughs> I mean, do you? They cheat. They no, cheat. No, I know. I agree. They cheat. I agree with you. <laughs> And it, you know what? It all just goes into also the whole like I just en- put another log on the fire of why I don't watch the NFL hardly right. at all anymore. My viewing has gone down, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Here we go. Question number two. Uh, Walmart apologized this week after they let a third party company sell a Christmas Carl. sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Claus doing cocaine. Oh, yeah. Doing oh, drugs. yeah. I read that. That is correct. Dang, Carl's cleaning up. He's uh, on. He's on the current. That was a good. That was a Skip Weber type answer too. Like, give I enough wanted to make sure answer yeah. to make sure that the right answer is in there <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Let it snow. Yes. Walmart apologized this week after they let a third party company sell a Christmas sweater on the website that showed an image of Santa Claus doing what? Lines yeah. of cocaine. And with the you tag can still line, buy it, it on snow. You can still buy oh, it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. All right. Oh, they Carl. Did, yeah, the company that made it didn't go out of business. No. Just Walmart <laughs> right. stopped selling it. Yeah. Carl has a two to zero to zero lead. That there means is nothing. Two questions left. <laughs> that means, means a lot. Nothing. Oh, question sure number three has one point, and question number four has five points. Here we go. Question <laughs> number three: Popeyes is continuing to try to cash in on the uh, popularity of its chicken sandwich. This week, they released a new Christmas-themed piece of merchandise featuring the sandwich. What is Carl? That? Yep. Is it a Scented candle? It is not a scented candle. Okay. I don't know. Popeyes what is continuing oh, to try to cash in is. on its popul- on the popularity of its chicken sandwich. This week they released a new Christmas themed piece of merchandise about featuring ding, 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 the sandwich. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. How about a Christmas or Christmas ornament? That is not correct. Dang. What's another popular Come on. Christmas? Come on, Chris. Item. I'm going to need you to read the question. Oh, you, of course. Oh. I, I, I'd be happy to do that for you, my friend. <laughs> sure. You well, had, Carl, hey, you I, I've tried to read Carl's mind for hints. I don't know it. I'm going to read a, your mind for hints. He's had a, a tough, you know, 20 minutes here or yeah. so. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, I understand. <laughs> Chris? Uh, read the, the question Yeah, the English? question again uh-huh. is Popeye's is continuing to try to cash in on the popularity of its chicken sandwich. This week, they released a new Christmas-themed piece of merchandise featuring the sandwich. What is that piece of merchandise? It's I, not an ornament, and it's not a candle. A wreath? I don't know. Wreath. Uh, nope, that is incorrect. It is a scented log no, to put in your fireplace. That is incorrect. Who's no. that? What is it then? It is a ugly Christmas sweater. sweater. Oh. It's a I think Christmas I saw that sweater too. with the Popeye's chicken sandwich on. Okay, that's awful. All right, here we go. <laughs> Last question. Yeah. Question number four. <clears throat> Five possible points on the board. First mm-hmm. person to buzz in gets first shot at it. Uh, Carl has a two to zero to zero lead, but there's five points online, so it's anybody's okay. game. Anybody's right. game. You better buzz in quick. Try, especially if you want to try to beat Carl. Five points on the line. Twitter released its end of the year data this week. According to that data, what were the most tweeted about movies in 2019? Carl. Carl. Avengers Endgame. That is that one. was going to be my guess. That was the only one I was confident in. Uh, Captain Marvel. That is incorrect. Oh, okay, so there's still now we can four tie. points on the board. So got to get all four. You got to get all four or three to to force to tie. Um, Twitter released its year end data this week. What were the most tweeted about movies? In 2019, so basically, <laughs> good luck. Right, that's people. written ding, on ding, here. Ding, ding, Hint, ding, yep, ding, ding. All right. 
Let's go with uh, The Rise of Skywalker, the new Star Wars that movie. That is incorrect. Ah. It's not out yet. Well, it's still 2019. Uh, you can still tweet about it. Think, you can still it's tweet just, about it. Basically, it's just a list of this year's most popular yeah. movies. Let's congratulate uh, Carl. You don't <laughs> even try. Good job, Carl. You don't even I don't try. go to the movies. I don't, I don't know. I don't either, but what were yeah. some of the big Skip, movies this year? Try to, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Well, How about, uh, was Star Wars born this still movie? Or was no, that, that was last, last year. year. Um, I, you know, yeah. I... Are you uh, not Mr. Rogers' try? Neighborhood. No. All right. All right. Beautiful Carl day in the wins. neighborhood. All right. Yay, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the other Carl. ones, the other four, Avengers Endgame was number one. Right. Yeah. Uh, number two was Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Mm. Frozen Number three two. was Joker. Joker. Number oh, four yeah. was Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. Wait. And, it, yeah. And number five was The Lion King. Lion King. I've only Ew. seen one of those movies. You know, speaking of this, I should I should have done a lot better at this because this week on the video, yes. I, I did my voting for the St. Louis Film Critics Association. That is and correct. I Joker was on there a lot. Avengers yep. was on there a lot. I didn't vote for it, though. Yeah. Yep. Every week, uh, Carl and I do a... Well, Carl, Carl, I'm in the video, but Carl <laughs> does the movie review. Yeah, I ain't going to Carl the movies you recommend, Carl does a movie review, and you can uh, see that on the 97.1 uh, website on the Weekend Report page. So 971talk.com slash Weekend Report. Um, go there every week, and you can watch our videos of Carl reviewing movies. And like you said, this week, this, he... I voted. He's voting uh, for all the year-end awards... Mm. And he told us all what he's voting for each uh, category. And I surprised really cool. everyone by my best actor pick. Yeah, that's right. I've got a question for you, Tony. Has yeah. uh, Carl inspired you to go to the movies? Now that you're doing this he has, segment with He him? wanted to go to see two Have of them. I had, him out of one. The I had tickets to Frozen, and oh, okay. my son got uh, RSV. Oh, okay. And so uh, we had to, I had to stay home with him while everybody else went. But I had a ticket to Frozen, uh, too. And I talked him out of seeing the other one he wanted to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Uh, the tiebreaker, had we have needed it, would have been this. A new survey asked about driving in winter weather. Yes. So snow, sleet, ice, etc. Uh, what percentage of people say they don't trust other drivers? On the road during bad winter weather. <laughs> well, you weather. would go first. Well, you, right? well, you go first because won. you won the uh, yeah. I would say, ooh, I'm going to go high. 45%. 45% says Carl. What percentage of people say they don't trust other drivers on the road during bad weather? 62%. Okay. Ooh, Chris Arps? I'm going to go with uh, 70 Dang. Chris Arps would have won. It is oh, 91%. Yeah. 91%. I tried to use your thing and go right in the middle. Oh, but... I was using probability to, you know, try to force to Chris into going lower. Yes. I do well on I do well on bonus questions. Try to force Chris into going lower. Does that mean don't yeah. mean anything? <laughs> I do. I do well on the bonus questions. 91% of people say they don't trust other drivers oh, in winter weather, exact. but 64% say they fully trust themselves well, of course. on the yeah. road during winter yeah. weather. Well, of course. All right. Uh, we've Why got to take a break. Yourself? We've got more to go. Skip Weber's going to stick around. You and should, we'll, too. If you need to, we can fight about something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Don't go anywhere. Maybe a fight's going to break out again. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. 
Uh, gotta give a big shout out to Perry Woods and oh, the guys yeah. from Vivid, the Living Color Tribute Band. That show was last awesome. night. We had those guys on the air with us last week. They played live here in the studio for us, and uh, I was at Old Rock House last night for their show, and it was absolutely incredible. You ever get a chance to go see uh, Perry by himself or with the band Vivid? Uh, you need to get out there and do it. Uh, yeah, buy absolutely. His music on oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Amazon, iTunes. So good. So and if good you're stuff. not going to go see Perry or Vivid, you need to go support what? Local music. Local music. Local music Expand somewhere else. new to your pants. That's exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, if you don't buy from Perry, buy local yeah, somewhere. Buy local somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I have stolen that line officially <laughs> from Skip Weber. Skip, are you uh, supporting local music at the pageant for several nights this year again? Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the reason why I can't go see Vivid. I didn't know about it when I selected my good seats days. There you go. I don't want to take good seats to every show, so I get a bunch of GA tickets. I go to sit in the box a couple times, but my good seat day is yeah Yeah. Friday night. Yeah, that's you missed it last night. Yeah, Yeah. that's great stuff. Oh no, Perry was last night. It's, Perry not, next, was last it's night. not next Friday. No. Yeah. Oh, it was last night. No, well, I'm kind of stupid. No, it's next Friday when I'm going. It's next Friday when I'm going to the good seats. I was going to say, Elvis Farrow's yeah. not next week. Yeah, it's next we'll get week. you. Oh well, we'll, we'll get you I, next I just, time. When I was, I was confused with everything. So yeah, yeah. no, Man. you're you're good. He's no, upset I love, because I won. And so yeah. no, yeah, no, Carl Middleman won the weird news challenge. No, I'm not upset with it. Uh, just you. one more quick reminder that uh, every week you can check out Carl's movie reviews on our website, 971talk.com slash weekend report. We also put them next on week. the YouTube channel. Yeah, next week's a big one. Star Wars. The Episode Star Wars. 9, Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Skip, you you are going to see it with your family and friends this Thursday week? Night. Yeah. Thursday night. We'll go on Thursday night sneak preview. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 sour on on the current story thread. Actually, I am too. Really sour. I am too. Uh, ever since they re came out with it, basically ever since Disney bought it. Did you hate seven? Uh, I. Was, I was fine with your seven. son. Me, your I son was, hates seven. Was, my son hates seven because my son grew up with Star Wars and right. hated the hated the death of Han Solo. Yeah. Hated hated the way it went down. Fan so service. He, he he turned it off. And he has not been back. And he was the guy who that's knew how everything been. about everything about Star that's Wars. That's how I've been since the last one. I, so seven was, I was fine with I me. was Eight lukewarm is... with Seven. It was okay. It was cool to see some of the people older, mm-hmm. right? You know, Mon Motha, Admiral Akbar, so forth, Luke, uh, Han and Leia. There was neat things about it. Yep. Loved Rogue One. Loved it. Put it up there with Empire Strikes Back among my two. Those are my two favorite of all the Star Wars movies. I loved Rogue One. Wow. So you were still getting, uh, that's Disney property, though. I know. That is a Disney property. Yeah, loved so. Rogue One. Hated Eight. Yeah. Solo. Solo. Solo better than Seven. Solo's yeah. better than seven. people give it out to be. Yeah. Right. So, so the Disney, so my point is, is the story arc that Lucas started, Disney has screwed up royally. Right. <laughs> they put one one-off in there that's really good and one that's okay. So, yeah. I well, mean, make sure you check out Carl's review of Star Wars this next coming week. week. One yeah. week from now. So, uh, again, 971talk.com slash weekend report. What's happening at Weber Chevrolet? So, we have employee pricing for everyone mm-hmm. extended through the whole month. Let, let me just tell you a little hint. Uh, it, uh, Glover likes to use the term inside baseball, even when we're not talking baseball. So, I'll say some <laughs> inside baseball. Black Friday is our biggest weekend of the year. Yeah. Week between Christmas and New Year's is our biggest week. Really? Believe it or not. Huh. It's gigantic. People are getting their stuff 
put together and taking care of this year-end close. Here's the deal. My prices aren't any cheaper that week than they are right now. <gasps> it's a matter. So if you if you don't need to worry about clashing against Christmas or any other holidays coming up, mm-hmm. this is the same pricing. The bad thing is is that people kind of do put it off until after yeah. the holidays. And so now they have the 26th through the 2nd of January, actually, to do that. So that's one of the reasons why it's so big. But the prices resonate great. That's great. Employee pricing for everyone is huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge discount. So, I mean, check it out. Of course, like I said, we'll be we'll be there and we'll be swamped and we'll be making great deals on that weekend between Christmas and New Year's. But we, ha- we have the exact same prices out right now. I have a uh, geopolitical question for you. Uh, China and the United States announced a phase one uh, trade deal on Friday. How does that affect, if any, uh, the American car business? It will not affect mine at all. Mm -hmm. What about the Uh, USMCA? Because I know there's there's some USMCA. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm pretty sure that vehicles built in Canada and vehicles built in Mexico are not subject to tariffs. Because their company is parented in Detroit, it's not it, it's not an import. Right. It's not an import. Whereas even if we had tariffs, if there was a Chinese company building something in Dubuque, Iowa, that still could be tariffed because it's a Chinese. The taxes are paid in China and, right. and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think there are some parts that are manufactured overseas. I don't think I don't think that the USMCA really helps the automobile now. It might help some mm-hmm. just by freer flowing goods, mm-hmm. and and it helps the economies of those of those places. I think Chevrolet exports or GM exports a lot of vehicles to China. I think the the Chinese mm-hmm. agreement will be really good. It's one of the things you know we import all this cheap stuff that's quote unquote cheap made in China. Okay, they one of the things that they buy from us and always have is is cars. They 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 had they build some there, but they but GM is very popular in China. Right. It's because their middle class popular. is growing and they can start yes. to afford mm-hmm. it. So, um, so I think it's a the, the Chinese deal is a very good thing for the U.S. auto auto industry. Check very out, very big. Check out uh, everything about all three Weber Chevrolet locations at WeberChevrolet.com. Correct. Yes, absolutely. And in just a couple hours, we will have the Saturday evening rock show. That's right. Yeah. What's yeah. happening tonight? So I got another great theme. It's a pretty easy theme to guess. Okay. It'll be fun. Uh, first two songs I'm playing are Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller and Twice as Hard by the Black Crows. Um, huh. It'll be fun. And, uh, it so can't it'll be, be that simple, can it? It, it, it can. It can. It can. It can. It can. Of course Here, it can. There's really, two, there's really two games that a lot of the fans play. Number one is can I guess the theme with two songs? And if they get, if they get a third really obscure hint out of Facebook, they, get, they have three hints. Yep. The more fun game is now that you know what the theme is, I've got 14, 15, 16, 17 more songs to play. Right. Can you guess, <laughs> guess what them. other songs yeah, I'm going to play? Yeah, that's cool. And that's then, what's more fun. That is and fun. So that, yeah, yeah, and that's and what people say. Do you so. get emails afterwards saying, you oh, could have yeah. played this? Yeah, oh, con- but, I, but I welcome them. And, yeah. you know, I love, I love the import. I love the uh, uh, the input of of suggestions for themes, suggestions for songs. Hey, how, this this theme actually came out of a song suggestion that, that a, a Facebook user has been offering me for many, many, many weeks. That's not cool. the, not the whole thing, but just that song. Very He's cool. wanted to hear this song, so I finally said, "I got." I, I found I, a way I've to get bu- it. No, I've been building around it for a little while, but nice. I found the right timing to put what, it out there. What so. birds uh, song are you going to play? Easy. 
give it away yet. They, they won't be in it. Uh, oh, wow. The birds wow. are not so in it. So you're yeah. doing oh, birds. That's interesting. Yeah, but but not, not doing the birds. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I got well, so, check I, it out. I, I got, some, I got several other yeah. uh, bands that, <laughs> flip that, the that are the, the group is a, is a bird. Though, I bet so. you there's yeah. some clever stuff yeah. in there. Right. It's, mm-hmm. There's two double birds. Gotta be there. listening to the double there you go. two double birds. Give yeah. okay. a double bird. If you know what you, you, you have to tune in to find out what yeah. I mean by that. Check out uh, more about the Saturday Evening Rock Show on the Saturday Evening Rock Show Facebook page, and you can always interact with Skip there as well. That is gonna do it for this edition of the weekend report. If you missed anything, what a great show. Uh, download the podcast on the radio.com app. Make sure you check it all out for my partner, Chris Arps, yes. and our producer, Carl Middleman. Hello. I am Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of The Weekend Report. We'll see you back here next Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. More at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.